0: and welcome back to the Heavy Matters Podcast. It has been a while. On today's show, we are going to be talking about uh, Venny's trip to see Whitechapel fit for an autopsy and thy Murder. And also, we're reviewing the new album from Dying Wish, which is out this Friday. Uh, for now, though, I just want to say uh, apologies for the uh, length and delay in the podcasts. Um, it's been like we, we do this we've saw guys before we don't get paid for this we have lives and jobs on the go and this one's down to me this time um a few things going on in the background but the main thing for me really has been if you follow me on any social media or if i even bought a can of coke off you in a shop you would know i was training for uh the dublin marathon which um is done now um So apologies um, for the delay in that. And at this point, it's apt to bring in my co-host, Venny and say thank you for your patience, mate, while I've been going through this strenuous time. And I know you've been itching to talk about music. So thank you for your patience, mate.
1: Not at all, mate. I think you've said everything that needs to be said. But look, we don't this has to go on alongside very busy lives so um, i'm sure sure people understand that and i just want to say congratulations mate for completing a marathon in a very very competitive time and um congratulations for all the money you've raised as well i don't know if you want to mention a word about that yes
0: yes absolutely uh, yeah um thank you yeah so my time was three hours 28 minutes and 18 seconds so I was going my public what I told everyone was four hours I was hoping to complete in but my personal target was less than three hours 30 minutes so I was delighted to um beat that time and but the main thing like you said mate is the money raised um I was running on behalf of Brain Tumor Research UK um you can see the story in my post there's still time to sponsor as well if you're interested. Um the reason I picked that charity is because my wife, who has been very supportive, not only for the marathon, but um for, for me doing the podcast and same to your wife as well, Benny, um her dad died um very young of a brain tumor. So it was only right that um that was the charity I ran for. And amongst around 25 um participants running for brain tumor research UK We've raised um, £39,000, wow. which Amazing. equates to roughly two weeks of research into um, brain tumours. So absolutely delighted with that. As I said, it's still going. Um, we're still raising, fundraising for, I think, another 12 weeks minimum. Um, so if you'd like to sponsor, you can get in contact with me. And, I mean, I've been sharing it plenty, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Delighted it's done. My body is certainly feeling it today. I um, have a massage booked at one. And then tonight I'm off to see the mighty fear factory in Dublin. Good. Now, Good. I don't know.
1: you in the pit as well, mate. <laughs> There's no chance
0: of now I'm getting in that pit. <laughs> I'd the be down. Rising. I'd be down straight away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah that's um, thank you to everyone for your support and uh, it's good to be back uh, talking about uh, music it's only a short episode today um, but let's get stuck in mate so you went to see gee this is a hell of a bill a heavy bill Whitechapel Fit for an Autopsy and Thy Art is Murder brutal it just even just talking about those three bands makes me wince so (laughs) we saw Fit for an Autopsy in, in we did. Bloodstock. So um, that was obviously on an open stage. So I'm looking forward to hearing how they were inside. But talk to me, where was it at? Capacity, sellout, etc. Yeah,
1: so I went with good friend of the show, Marty HS. So that's always a pleasure to mm. have a nice evening out uh, on the tiles with him. It was at SWG3, which is like a, a bit of a, almost like a pop-up warehouse kind of venue in glasgow it's a very respectable capacity it's quite um it's like this big vast warehouse and there's not many doors in and out so you feel a bit kind of claustrophobic when you're in there you're like in the pit and there's no escape but um, it's quite a big venue i saw coheed in there not so long ago and that gives you kind of a an idea of the size of it cap wise it'll be less than a thousand but not many not much less than a thousand good few hundred people it was the three bands you've suggested but also spite was were opening so it's a four band bill a night of relentless deathcore R-
0: relentless is the word yeah
1: starting <laughs> at 6 30 at night and i props to the glasgow crowd because straight from the off it was pretty full so even for spite they had a massive crowd so um yeah I mean I wanted to touch on that there is something we talk a lot about on the show and certainly when bands come on certainly from the UK scene we talk about mixed bills for gigs and tours and I definitely really like mixed bills and that you wouldn't want to see four hours of stoner doom and Four hours of deathcore is a lot, but what is a very intense style of music? Pretty relentless, as we've said. Um, so I, I personally felt it was a bit much, and by the end of it, my brain was totally mashed in, and I couldn't really take any more. Um, and I do think there was something to be said for mixed bills. Um, but afterwards, after that four and a half hours of relentless deathcore... And it was too much that night. Ever since then, all I've listened to is deathcore. So <laughs> something busted. that is always a sign of a good gig. So something must have gone wrong.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Mixed builds, Sometimes you need that little like respite of a an alternative band to the genre. I mean, four hours of deathcore is far too much. It's like sitting there and having four hours of death metal. It's just too much. But and yeah. and then.
1: So what i'd say about that is the i mean the three bands that played i would say along with lawn Shaw, who i'm going to see quite soon they are probably the foremost bands in that scene would you agree with that statement yeah i would um and so you are kind of of that very specific subgenre. you are seeing four of the best proponents of it so that that potentially is a slight counter-argument to that. And it's great, great for those bands to be able to play such big venues for what is quite an extreme type of music. So so there are definitely pros and cons, mate. Pros and cons, as with everything.
0: Yeah. So who was after Spike then?
1: So Spike, we didn't seem to see... we didn't, we didn't see all of their set, but I, they seem to go down very well. And as I say, the crowd was well packed by the time they're playing. The next band on with Fit for, for fit for an Autopsy, who, like you said, we saw on a big stage at Bloodstock. Um, look, I, I personally think they're great. I think the last two albums they've done are great. Sea of Tragic Beasts was, was the one before. And, um, the the last one was a bit of a funny name it was called oh what the future holds but those two albums are really good and they played the major- majority of the tracks off those two albums which i think is a wise choice they kind of bookended the set with the track that sounds like a Meshuggah track which is high level of hate and the track that sounds like a Gojira track um Far From Heaven with the kind of opening and last tracks. But I think the good thing about Fit For An Autopsy is they do bring in a lot of other influences. It's not just that relentless deathcore sound. I think Will Putney is a bit of a legend in the scene, obviously a super producer and um, very well respected. I thought there were some impressive vocalists on show over the course of the evening, but I thought the Fit For An Autopsy vocalist, whose name is Joe Bataletto, was really good um and in that track hellions which was released on the aggression sessions EP the split with thy art and malevolence they have got one of the tracks of the year and it just it absolutely leveled bloodstock by it's level huge, for- isn't it it's so huge so yeah they were great and I thought they had a shout of band of the evening even though they were second up
0: good plenty of sub drops in there plenty mate oh i'd say the place was shaking was it yes
1: it was yeah so yeah they're they are really good at that aspect and as i say bring in those just other styles of metal that i think mean that they have a bit more of a rounded sound but yeah they they sounded fantastic
0: brilliant and next on the bill
1: Whitechapel. so
0: that's interesting yeah and i I want to talk to you about
1: this lineup and how it worked and I would say so the the three su- in inverted comments support bands they were all playing off a drum rig on the front of the stage so die art had their own drum riser that was pre-set up hmm. and die art had a lot of production which the other bands did not and I would say as is often the case the sound for the opening bands was not as crisp and as good, Go. certainly wasn't as loud as Thy Art, so yeah, I don't know what you think about that in terms of relative size of bands and placings and everything else.
0: First question I have before I answer that, it, it, by any chance were they rotating, Bill, on other dates?
1: Well, I think Thy are were always headlining. Okay. Fit for an autopsy in Whitechapel might have rotated.
0: Okay, but- yeah, I... That surprised me with Thy art and White Chapel. I'd have had White Chapel down as headliners if I mm. was going to the gig and hadn't seen a tour post or anything like that. Um I mean I I assume it's going off album sales and things like that, which you no know, sort of because like when the big four did, you know, when they did their big four, it was Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax because of album sales, which makes sense. But I'd have had Whitechapel being a more popular band in the scene than Thy Art is Murder, from my point of view.
1: They've been around a long time, haven't they? I mean, I do, I think Thy Art have been just ultra consistent, and have really built it up. Whereas Whitechapel, they had a certain sound, and I know you're familiar with their earlier sound, their earlier yeah. album. When when um, The Valley came along, they brought in those kind of southern twangy hickory creek style with a bit more clean vocals and the last album kin also was a bit more on those lines so they have deviated a little bit from the straight down the line death call which i think they are are pretty much purveyors of so so i don't know if that weighed into it a little bit mate but yeah i do think all of the slots were kind of open to question
0: yeah yeah
1: I think Art always headlined. And it did, I was saying this to Marty on the night, that I thought it was. I think they all got a relatively similar time slot. Um, Art just got a little bit more. But to have um, the guys playing off the drum kit at the front of the stage, that just seems a little bit off to me. But um, I just,
0: you
1: know, whatever else. Yeah, I'm
0: sure there's no hard feelings. But yeah, I I see where you're coming from. So how were Whitechapel? Talk to me.
1: I, um, so maybe a difference between you and I, I'm a big fan of their last two albums, in okay. particular Valley. I wasn't such a fan of their straight air deathcore stuff. Um, they started off with um, really interesting kind of that southern, acoustic clean singing from Phil Bozeman, who I have to say on the night, his clean singing was absolutely on point. It was oh, exemplary. I was dead impressed with that. And I thought his vocal performance was really good. Although Marty, interestingly, how different people perceive things, didn't think he did so well on the night. But I thought he was really good. So they started off with those kind of tracks. And I thought they were really good when they came in with those tracks. So I They're my personal favorites, but the tracks of The Valley, the tracks of Kins are great to me. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they've got an unnecessary triple guitar attack. Yes,
0: Iron Maiden. Yeah. uh,
1: Unnecessary for their style of music. But there are a lot of, seem like a lot of boys on stage. Um,
0: Just on that point, sorry, mate, I've always thought that Whitechapel, because they are just, sorry, I don't mean just a deathcore band. They are very good at what they do, but I do think it's unnecessary. Could you sort of tell the difference between like when one was on lead? Uh, obviously, if there were solos, you'd notice it. But because you are really, it's like it is like I made, isn't it? Like you only really know when like Dave Murray bars that solo. You can't really tell the difference. The only
1: way I would maybe justify it a little bit is when they do the slightly different, like that southerny, that sounding style, um, that southern American sounding style. That is the time I think you get a bit of it. But when they're all Chugging away straight ahead of those big doomy chords uh, is hard to yeah, see. How okay. And, I mean, it is worth it. Like Phil Bozeman being a singer and an outright singer as well as a bassist um separately. I mean, that is a lot of mouths to feed. It for a sure is. Band yeah. on tour and just in terms of surviving as a band in this difficult day and age, like it's a lot of mouths to feed. Anyway. Um, what I was going to say about their set is early in the set, they played most of the last two albums. Then the second half of the set was a lot more of the earlier stuff. Oh. And like for sure saw as a law like that as a massive track. But the rest of them, to be fair, I was less familiar with, but left me a little cold. And I thought they are much more interesting proposition when they were doing the other stuff compared to when they were straight ahead. But I do accept the point there would have been a lot of old school fans who would have really vibed with that older school stuff.
0: Yeah, Whitechapel, Whitechapel, self-titled is one of my... It was in my top 20 albums of all time. It, it's fucking a brilliant album. But I can see from your point of view, Venny, that because of the progression they've gone and with your love for that, you have a bit of a soft spot for that southern groove yeah. flavour, don't you? That going from that into the old stuff probably wasn't the right way around for you, you'd have probably
1: yeah, and I also just think it's it made it into a very discreet two sides of the set. And maybe if they just curated their set list a bit better, it might not have been so jarring. But anyway, um a lot of people like that for sure. And yeah, I have to say I was really impressed with Phil boseman as a vocalist. I thought he his cleans but also his guttural was a really yeah. good. He's not...
0: up, he's up there with one of the best for sure, for sure. Um, so then, Thy Art is Murder. i I hold my hands up. I have not listened to one of their albums in full. I've probably dipped in and out of a couple of tracks, so I'm interested to know. I'm assuming they're, like we said, are sort of one of the godfathers of this scene, the highly revered in the scene, and, um, you know, me uh, if I'm wrong, they're from Australia as well. Yeah. So So, you know, one of the hard place to break out of australia so they're obviously doing something right so talk to me about them
1: yeah well it was funny as i it was odd to hear them when i almost exclusively listen to them when i'm cutting my hedge so when i was in (laughs) where's the hedge trimmers like that's the only time i generally listen to them but um they are they are the, the the daddies of that scene i think and it Seeing them on tour, they did seem a bit of a cut above the other bands. They seemed a lot tighter musically. They had a lot more production, which surprise you might surprise you to hear. Like they had these big lasers. They had the kind of fabric backdrops from their latest album, Godlike. They had almost like a snow machine, which is a bit odd. It's like it's like Christmas in there at some points. But they have clearly taken it upon themselves to step up and it's a bit like what what we talked about with Behemoth before when you've got a really quite extreme band looking to take that next step and that step is difficult to get a wider appeal when your music is so brutal but you can see the iHeart is trying to do that so the other thing that maybe we don't want to dig too much into the weeds of is their vocalist CJ has recently left the band in quite acrimonious circumstances i think it's fair to say
0: i i I have seen this but i'm not i can't remember And if you don't want to go into the details fine okay we'll leave it at that
1: i think we better not um but they were they had a new vocalist is the short summary i think cj for all the things um that are less desirable about him and all contributing to the reasons he had to leave the band what you had with CJ is a personality and a stage presence and a very I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the best moment in metal history is when he was on it was an outdoor stage. I'm not sure where it was, whether it was Bloodstock or somewhere else, but he had one of those huge fans and he had this shirt on. Yes. Then, <laughs> is like,
0: that is that the murder? Is it okay? And,
1: that's CJ. And, and like so that kind of thing. And, and if you listen to their last that live album where they are playing Hate in its entirety, right, is between Song Patter. I think that's part of the reason the band wanted uh, that contributed to him leaving, but it did have a personality. Let's just say that. Whereas the new, the new singer Tyler, who came from another Aussie band called Aversions Crown, who I think are a reasonably big band on their own right, and I think are signed to Metal Blast, uh, sorry, Nuclear Blast using some big labels there but they're like a sizable band so he has come in i think he is a very good singer in that genre i think what he has which all the best death metal vocalists have is that level of pronunciation where you can whilst he's gurning away you can still kind of hear the words he's saying but he just Maybe it's because he's new and just getting used to it. It just doesn't have that star appeal of CJ. But look, let, let's maybe not dig into those reasons. But um they certainly seemed a cut above. Certainly the sound was a lot better for them. As you'd
0: expect, yeah.
1: Um, they've got a new album, Godlike, which we've not discussed in the show, but in my opinion, it's fantastic. They played a good chunk of tracks off that. The opening track, Um, they played from godlike called destroyer dreams and it's got this really nice tom kind of drum beat and the drummer came on stage to open up and it was just him with this really earwormy drum beat that sticks in your mind i've just been listening to that track on repeat since and um yeah they came in they had a load of tracks off the new album which sounded great but they've also got some really catchy killer tracks from some of their older Things like "Make America Hate Again," "Death Squad Anthem," like those are really catchy tracks. "Holy War," which is my personal favorite, sitting in the middle of the set. So, yeah, they were they were really good, and as I say, a testament to the show is I've just been listening to deathcore nonstop since then.
0: Very good. So, good night out. Definitely, by all. Definitely, definitely, amazing. Delighted to hear it. Um, all right, then. So, we'll move on to i review then shall we um and i'm so th- so the band is um dying wish and <clears throat> this is, you picked this you just threw it out there and said let's do this i'm interested i've never listened to them before um so i'm interested to know have you listened to them before or was this just a little this is in the mailbox let's see what it is
1: exactly right mate yeah i had no um no real affinity to the band before um it's off uh, Nuclear Bass again, so clearly they're not uh, an underground band. I think uh, sorry, just...
0: just to correct you, it's actually Sharp Tone Records they're on, which is a is it's a busted. subset of it. Yeah, to be picky, it's
1: an imprint of Nuclear Bass. Yeah, so um, they're clearly not like a super underground band. I think they've just had one release before, and um, the reason I I kind of got my ear in with them is just it was algorithmically picked on uh Spotify um playlist so that's how I heard a couple of their tracks and really liked it so I was really excited to get the album.
0: Yeah and the the, the first thing that jumped out to me was you said this is a 30-minute album and it's fun to listen to. So I was like well you know you can't go wrong with that and I had no preconceptions about what this album was about. You I don't even think you gave me a genre you just said we'll try this. So I went in completely blind didn't know what to expect, didn't really, I didn't actually even research the band at that point, just hit it on. And well, where's we get in? You'll hear my thoughts on it. But I mean, the first thing that jumps out to me is the the, the elements of this and the the crossovers, if you will. Uh, I think they're described as metallic hardcore, but for me, there's certainly elements in there of that that new wave of American heavy metal, and by that I mean sort of chimera era there's God esque stuff in there there's certainly kill switch elements when it comes to vote the the, the chorus and melodic choruses and the cleans um and you know the, the other thing that really made me happy with this was the breakdowns and sub drops and it. it's which which to you listeners may sound like a a lot To comprehend and might sound very overwhelming, but let me tell you, this has been done very well. Where it when we saw Knox loose at Bloodstock, the sub drops in there were impressive. At the time, it just felt like it was just thrown in there to impress everyone. The sub drops in this album are placed very strategically and not overdone at all. And just one other thing, I want to quickly touch on, which really took me away um, when listening to this, is the drumming and the production especially on the symbols of the drum kit and particularly the china on this album the china symbol sounds absolutely immaculate and is used not overused but used to perfection so that's the few things i picked out at the start i don't know if you've anything to add on there
1: show you this, the resident drumming expert like <laughs> i, I would have picked out but yeah i mean you, you picked up on all the things I kind of was going to say, but yeah, that that early wave of metalcore when you have bands like Killswitch, Switch, but like Shadows Fall, God Forbid, those kind of bands in America. And I, I think there was loads of Kill Switch engage on this, but what I like and what that might put a few people off is there's still enough bite to it. Yes. Does that make sense? Like oh, guitar- absolutely. And the harsh vocals in particular from Emma, like there's still plenty of bite. And certainly the way the album starts, it just roars out the track. And it is that quite metallic hardcore sounds like a knock Loose or what have you. And um, then the album kind of reveals itself a little bit later in terms of those big big soaring choruses. I think in addition to those bands that you've mentioned, I also think there's a bit of Gothenburg sound in there, which Mm -hmm. all the... Fans have like there's a few tracks that you'd be forgiven to think are maybe the opening of an at the gates kind of with those riffing and the, the soaring guitar melodies as well so yeah i i totally agree with everything you've said and i'd also say if it sounds like a bit much it is actually a very palatable album i'm loath to say it's very mainstream or commercially viable but um accessible accessible yeah I think so mate and um but I think it treads the line really nicely between not too clean and flowery and palatable like some people not me but some people might find kill switch again engage, engage a little bit too far that way and some people might find like a not too down there yeah hardcore no, oh, I think this treads a really nice line and there's still enough bite and venom in it to to mean you still can get into it and thrash along a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolute nail on the head. And when you said then about you know Kill Switch might be a bit too of that melodic side for some things, you've you've really hit nail on the head, and this album is right down the middle. And again, but you're not not loose analogy, absolutely could be too much. This hits the sweet spot of both of them, I think. The, and another thing about this album, what I like is it's only 30 minutes, right? Some songs are around three minutes 50, others can be 159. But you couldn't tell which ones are short, which ones long, because the way that the, the songs are written, they're so well produced, like the songwriting as well. It's not overbearing. You never sort of sit and think, oh, this track is dragging on a bit. I actually, for the first time in a long time, I'm disappointed how short this album is. I would oh, love it to be longer.
1: Never say this. You I know. Never
0: say this, ever.
1: We should like, this,
0: this should be a double Don't album. <laughs> Make it a double album. <laughs> but that, that's how I feel about it. this. Is This is great, mate. I've really enjoyed myself on this one. and I well,
1: well, thought you might enjoy this when you are... Uh exercising your waves i think it's got a really nice bpm to, uh like whether you're in the gym or whatever else i think it's got a really nice tempo to it
0: yeah and to be honest i haven't listened to a lot of new music recently because of what's been going on and this first album to be back the first album to listen to was absolutely delightful and i've enjoyed listening to it and that's sorry there's something i just need to quickly digress on mate during the marathon I got to this point, it was about six miles in and there was this hill and I could see it from the distance and I had my running playlist on, which is about 50 odd songs and I thought of you because this one song came on and you. this is like when you have a significant life event or something coming up, you put on a certain album that you listen to on the way to say get exam results or something and that album is... Transparent Hate Breed. And as I reached the bottom of this hill, proven by Hatebrood came on, oh, and I thought, Venny, and it came just at that sweet spot as I started the ascent. And sorry, I digress because, but I needed to tell you that because I thought But yeah, it was it was literally mm-hmm. couldn't have come at a better time. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, back to um, Dying Wish. Yes, this this is one of those albums that I have been working out to. It is a pleasure to listen to. I would not get bored of it. I think the vocalist, Emma, did you say her name was? Emma
1: Bol- Bolster,
0: I think her name is. Stands up against any vocalist in this genre, hands yeah. down.
1: It's very Jessie Leachin style in that her, her guttural vocals are hardcore, harsh vocals are really good, but then she's got a clearly amazing, soaring, clean for those choruses that are just undeniable. And I think you mentioned it, but just the quality of the songwriting. Yeah. I think this kind of thing, there's a reason why Killswitch and Gage stand head and shoulders above the rest and because it's quite hard to do well. Um, It's quite hard just to write good songs in this style. It's, it's hard to write good songs, full stop, whatever style. but I, And I think that's what sets certain bands apart. But I think on this album, they have written some really good songs and the choruses are just undeniable and i think her vocal really works with it
0: yeah um uh, this is only their second album as well
1: they did a yeah. split
0: in 2018 and their last album was 2021
1: Uh not listened to their previous stuff to be honest mate i've just no i've gone into this so yeah same be- but I, I think i will be
0: going back and seeing yeah. in uh, i'd actually it's probably down to us not being very well prepared, but um the progression I'd like to see the progression between the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Um but here you know, mark did- <clears throat> a couple of the tracks off it. I, I mean I think it starts really well. It, like Watch My Promise to Die is really amazing track, and it, it does remind me of a Kill Switch style riff. I know I've said that quite a lot, and that but midway through the album, I think, is where it really hits its straps with. Path, path to your grave, which has a particularly super clean and uplifting chorus, but there's still enough bite as we've been saying throughout in the in, in the um in the verses. But paved in sorrow kind of comes midway through the album, and there you're getting just slightly different flavour of things. It's almost more like a post-hardcore track with a bit more clean pick guitars just a slightly different vibe to the rest of the album. And for me, that really encourages me that they've got different avenues to go down to keep things interesting. And lastly, Torn From Your Silhouette, which is towards the end of the album. Just, where, just when you think the album might be sidling down to a gentle stop, there's a really good track towards the end of it. So it's not front-loaded at all. So yeah, that, I just wanted to highlight a few of those tracks.
0: I, I don't think there's a bad track in this album, to be honest, if I'm being yeah. honest. Um, so it's it's super. super. It, it, it's great. Yeah, and put these at a festival in a tent and bodies will be flailing. It will yeah. be carnage. It's a, It's got a really nice, at times as well, some of the tracks, got a really nice like, gallop to it. You know, yeah. like the drum-driven gallops to it, which sort of makes you want to dance a little bit in a weird way.
1: Oh, well, there you go. There yeah. you
0: go. Um, I'll go first, mate, on my first, on the first one back for a while. Uh, I'm giving this a straight 8.0, mate. Oh,
1: yeah, that's exactly what I had. Yeah,
0: super yeah. work.
1: It's like there's nothing new. It's not going to change the world in terms of revolu- revolutionising music. But as I say to get the quality on pat like this it's not an easy feat so, and i think they've done a great job and I, the other thing i was going to say being on sharp tone a subsidiary of nuclear bass hopefully they get a decent push like yeah. get out get decent slots get good bit of publicity so um yeah they they've got some uh, yeah, they've got the world at their feet, I think. I, I, mean,
0: the, I mean, the reason why I sort of digressed onto that breed story was because I was thinking this would be a good band to open for the likes of Hatebreed. Yes. Do, do, yeah. do, do you know? Um, yeah, I'm I sure. I'm sure there's plenty of other bands to this could open for. And again, going back to your uh, mixed bill point, could easily sit, you know, alongside... Uh, any, any band, really, a really good band to get the party started. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from darling Wish. It's out on the third of November, and with that, we come to an end. And on the next show, which we haven't decided what we're going to do yet, because we're sort of getting our heads back in round. But I will be giving you my review of the Mighty Fear Factory tonight in Dublin. The fuck, do you know one thing that's annoying about this, Benny? I just quickly want to have a quick moan, right? setless spoilers right no. yeah you and i are on the same page of this i i know people who they will get the set list and they'll make a spotify playlist and they'll listen to it Fine.
1: party is a fan of this and I, there is a place for it and like for example this deathcore marathon uh, you've done your marathon i've done mine <laughs> <laughs> uh it was actually quite good to get your ear in with some of the yeah. tracks i'm not a blanket banner of it but i don't like a uh, spoiler so yeah not- so
0: so for example you and i went to see maiden at the o2 in london and we <laughs> <clears throat> being huge maiden fans we avoided any set list spoilers like the, pay- the plague and fans putting set list spoilers online for you to see is one thing I got the set list spoiled by Dino Cazares himself on social media saying <laughs> here is the set list from last night's show in, I don't know where they played, some Liverpool or Nottingham or something. So I'm really annoyed because <laughs> I've already seen it. You know. But look, I, I'm excited, new vocalist, excited to see what he's like. I've not heard, I've avoided YouTube videos or any comments about what he's like, so very hopefully.
1: excited. High fidelity uh, imitation of Burton squeakers in there.
0: Oh, hopefully no squeakers. That's what I'm hoping to avoid. <laughs> but I will come back and report on that. But until next time, Benny, it's great to see you again, mate. And to all those who have been listening, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Smoke, book, and dope.